Exodus chapter 14, and I am changing gears for those who knew I was going to preach tonight what I was going to be preaching, and I uh, just can't get the green light there. Exodus chapter 14, we've, we remember God delivered the children of Israel from Egypt. But just because He's delivered us at one point doesn't mean He's not going to deliver us again or that there's not going to be a need for deliverance. And I think oftentimes Satan wants to um, to really come right back at the people of God to get us to forget what God just did for us, to get us discouraged and to lose sight of what God is doing to get us off track. And one of the ways that Satan works is through discouragement. The Israelites, they catch sight of their pursuers coming down behind them and they're terrified. And so notice in Exodus chapter 14, let me read this one verse. And, and we'll, we've looked at this chapter here and there. And, and uh, so I'm going to mention this one verse, verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And here they are, literally between a rock and a hard place. The Egyptian army and the Red Sea. There is no place to go. But God, in fact, had orchestrated this. He had orchestrated the apparent disaster. And he often does similar things in our lives still today. Have you figured that out? Sometimes he will place his people in a dilemma so that he can just get glory from it. While he's teaching us about himself and he accomplishes his purpose. The children of Israel, they've had to recognize that God means for them to be right where they are. God put us here. God put us here. Well, what if we made the wrong decision and we got ourselves there? God allowed it. God knows right where you are. And God will meet with you right where you are. And what he's trying to get them to see is that God means for them to be where they are. He wants them to get to be more concerned about giving God the glory than getting their good out of this. Now that's a whole work in itself. But he wants them to face their enemy, but focus on the Lord. God has you right where you are. He knows. He can work right where you are. If he orchestrated it and led you there, be excited. If you've made bad decisions to get you where you are, he's the great deliverer. Be more concerned that he gets the glory than whether it works out for your good. Because when he gets the glory, it'll work out for your good. And learn to face your problem. Face your enemy. Face the obstacle while focusing on the Lord. 
But notice the last phrase of this verse. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. Cried out unto the Lord. Tonight, let's just talk about this matter of praying in a crisis. Praying in a crisis. Thank you. Please be seated. Matthew Henry said, Their fear set them a-praying, and that was a good effect of it. God brings us into straits that He may bring us to our knees. Talking about praying in a crisis. When we can't press forward, move sideward, or step backward, it's a good time to look upward and to ask God to make a way. They cried out unto the Lord. You know, these are crisis prayers. Prayers of importunity. Prayers of intensity. Prayers of life-threatening or soul-shattering events. Jacob, Jacob reminds us of this. Jacob's time of uncertainty in Genesis 35 and verse 3 the Bible says, and let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. David, David too, during his time as a fugitive in 2 Samuel 22 and verse 7, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried to my God, and he did hear my voice out of his temple, and my cry did enter into his ears. Psalm 107 and verse 28. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Matthew 17, 21, Jesus said, How be it, this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Ephesians 6 and verse 18, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. See, in the midst of the Israelites' crisis, they cried unto the Lord, and this could be described in three different ways. Notice when he says they cried. I think this is um, an idea of urgency. You, you can't help but see this and understand they're rather urgent about this. Their, their lives are at stake. James 5 and verse 16 tells us the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. This, this idea of a prolonged Praying through, effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There's an urgency in prayer. James 5.16 is that reminder that a person right with God and transacts business with God in prayer will experience great power and see wonderful results. It's an urgency. It's crisis praying. It's the great secret of those who put their hands in the hand of the one who can part the seas. Crisis praying. Remember when Peter walking on the water, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. And Jesus said, come. He stepped out and walked on the water. And what happened? Well, the winds and the waves. And what happened? Well, he stopped abiding, stopped depending, and he sank. 
And then what happened? Urgent praying. Crisis praying. Lord, help! And the Bible says, and immediately, the Lord Jesus responded. It's not just urgent praying. And there, there's a need for that. Uh, I mean, it's, not, it's the different kind of a prayer whenever we're praying for maybe something over a period of time and, and something that doesn't seem to have the, the, the crisis uh, attached to it. But, but even then, I believe the Spirit of God can arrest our heart and to, and to cause us to become rather intense about it when maybe circumstances doesn't show any indication of a need to have intensity, but God knows. God knows what he's doing. God knows the storm may be coming. God knows that, that, that they're getting ready to get into a situation that they need to be in. They need to be in that discipleship course of standing before the Red Sea and the army of Egypt behind them. God knows that. And God knows that's the only way they're going to be prepared for getting through to the other side for the next challenge and the next challenge. And times God puts us in those situations to see God's urgent. He's urgent about us. He wants us to be as urgent about him. And we need to cry in urgency. But not only is there, there this matter of urgent praying, but also I want you to see this. There's another idea here of united praying. This idea of a concert of prayer. I'm not so sure that it was one or two or even Moses, but what it was the entire nation crying out to the Lord. I think the smallest of the small could cry, Help! Billy Ray was a Methodist. He was referred to as the king's son and was often heard to say, I must talk to the father about this. Now, no matter what was brought up, his situation, it was troubling and he'd just simply say, I must talk to father about this. What matters would we ask our best friend for advice on? What joys would we share with that special person right away? What sorrows, what rejections or trials or grievances would we lay out for a friend to help shoulder that with us, care with us, hear what best friend do we have? Let me suggest what you already know about this, but what we know in theory, but we ought to know in practice is that should be God. God needs to be that best friend to every believer. In every situation and circumstance, the friend we think to call on first and foremost should be our Father. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. The children of Israel cried out to the Lord. It was a concert of prayer. Let me give you a, a last thought here. Boy, it's going by fast, hasn't it? Sorry, I think I can just start all over and extend that. Not only do we see it's a fervency, they cried, an urgency. Not only is it a concert of united praying, but there's a 
genuineness in their praying. A sincere praying. They, they were sincere. The Israelites were panicked, but their outburst was real. It was raw. I, I, I think sometimes these crises might be good to get us to get serious, sincere about it. Have you ever sat down at a table to eat and, and, and you pray for the food at some point and, and then when you go to eat, somebody says, no, we got to pray for the food. And you say, well, we already prayed for the food. You did pray for the food. Who prayed for the food? You prayed for the food. I prayed for the food. Yeah, you did. Anybody else ever experienced that? Does it kind of give an idea that there may not have been a whole lot of sincerity there at the table? I don't think it was this way when they knew we only have moments before we die. And even trying to figure out why would God do this? Didn't we go through almost a year, anywhere from six months to a year whatever it was, where God was doing a work in Pharaoh's heart with the ten mighty plagues and, and miracles, and, and they knew God was at work. And did, we do, did we miss it? And when they cried unto the Lord, I don't think it was a just using rote words. I think it was genuine, sincere, unfeigned praying. Job 8, verse 5 and 6, If thou wouldest seek unto God betimes, and make thy supplication to the Almighty, if thou wert pure and upright, surely now he would awake for thee, and make the habitation of thy righteousness prosperous. Mark chapter 5, verse 22 through 23, Jairus, when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed and she shall live. Luke 7 and verse 4 and when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. In Luke 22, verse 44, Jesus being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and he, his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. James 5, 16, we've already mentioned the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. James 5, 17, Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Colossians 4 and verse 2, continue in prayer and watch. That is constantly, the word watch there is constantly vigilant in the same with thanksgiving. See, their sincere praying was not filled with expectancy. It, 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 it was sincere, but it, it wasn't necessarily the, the hope-filled praying. Look at verse 10 and 11. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid, so they had their praying points. 
They knew what they were praying about. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord, verse 11, and they said unto Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Well, they weren't expecting God to answer. No, they were serious in their praying, but they were not really expecting God. Although God answered their prayer, their focus was more on their condition rather than on God's character and God's promises. Our crisis condition, it ought to drive us to cast our dependence upon God who provides hope rather than dwell upon our helpless condition. John R. Rice said, worry is putting question marks where God has put periods. See, worry is, worry is a form of atheism. For it betrays a lack of faith and trust in God. Secret of the Christian life. You ready? When you're in a difficult place, Realize that the Lord either placed you there or allowed you to be there for reasons perhaps known for now only to himself. See, the same God who led you in, nation of Israel, is the same God who will lead you out. Mark eleven twenty two. 22, have faith in God. Thomas Watson said, faith is to prayer. Faith is to prayer what the feather is to the arrow. It feathers the arrow of prayer and makes it fly swifter and pierce the throne of grace. Have faith in God when we pray. Corey Ten Boom, whom you're familiar with, she said, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. So when you face impossible odds, Pray fervently, urgently. Pray in concert. That's why group, whether it's your family, whether it's another friend or friends, whether it's your Sunday school, whether it's the men's prayer, there's something I believe that delights the heart of God when we have petitions signed by more than just one person. Pray urgently, pray unitedly, pray unfeignedly, pray, in other words, genuinely, sincerely. Let's put our heart into it, let's put our mind into it so that we're not just going through the motions to check a box or that we're just going through, I don't know who else to call, you're the last person to call but not really have expectation. Again, God answered even when they were not expecting him to but I believe there were at least a few intercessors who were expecting God to. Don't ever forget, while we might be shocked by a move of God sometimes, I'll tell you the ones who are not shocked. It's the intercessors. When Pentecost took place, I'm certain there were many who were surprised. But you know who was not surprised? Those 120 in the upper room for 10 days who were praying. And God is moved by the intercessors who get a hold of the one that can make the most powerful of moves. Let's keep on praying.
thank you. Let's be uh, stand and let's look to the Lord and let's be still before Him in this time of, of letting the Lord search your heart. Maybe there is a crisis. And let's be, be still in the moment for maybe God is wanting to bring about the fact you're not in a crisis, but He wants you to still pray. Pray before the crisis begins. And let us be still to hear what thus saith the Lord has to say to us. You know, in this same chapter, he told them, stand still. He told them, go forward. We need to be still enough to hear him. Prayer is not just our crying. That's our, that was the emphasis tonight. It is also our listening.